Welcome, my friends, to The Eyes of Mara, a new miniseries from Those Happy Places, all about Indiana Jones and the Temple of the Forbidden Eye. I'm Buddy Duquesne. And I'm Alice White. And Alice, guess what? <laughs> what? We are back for the third episode in this four-part miniseries. This one is titled The Ride Today, or Eternal Youth and Beauty. You have chosen wisely, Alice, because this is the episode all about this classic attraction and how it has aged. And honestly, I think we've kind of got our work cut out for us here because this is a ride that in the hearts and minds of theme park fans everywhere has aged uniquely. Yeah, it's hard to say whether it's aged well or poorly, um, but it has aged and it's uh, and it's definitely a controversial subject amongst theme park fans everywhere. Um, we have to go back to the ride itself and talk about what it is that has changed over the years. So last week we did and uh, the whole episode all about what the ride looked like in 1995. And we touched a little bit on what parts of the ride in 1995 are like irretrievably broken or which parts of the ride are irrevocably changed. Um, but this time we're going to go into maybe a little bit more detail on some of the smaller stuff that has changed over the years. And we're going to talk about why that is, um, what it, the reaction has been for for people and fans uh, everywhere and what we can maybe look for in the future when it comes to um, when it comes to Indiana Jones. Yeah, I, I feel really lucky because I was able to ride this attraction um, about two weeks before we recorded this podcast. Right. So, like, it's still really fresh in my mind how this ride still hits like it hits quite well actually it's it's a good attraction and yet on the other hand um you know spoiler alert for a uh later portion of this episode but like it was not everything i remembered it being and it was in many ways a suboptimal way to experience this attraction and i think that's interesting right like uh, Alice, before we started this episode, we were talking to your husband, who was in the room with you as we were preparing. Mm -hmm. uh, and he's a uh, casual fan of theme parks, right? Yes, he is a casual theme park fan. He's more of like a, he likes a good roller coaster and, uh, you know, will we'll hang out during the day. But he's not like a theme park super fan. Not, not like some people that host theme park related podcasts. Oh, I've never heard of any theme park related <laughs> podcasts. Uh, can you recommend a good one? <laughs> yeah, I'll get back to you on that. <laughs> <laughs> but what exactly were his words about uh, Indiana Jones, the Indiana Jones adventure? Right. So uh, my husband is uh, a massive fan of the Indiana Jones ride. That is, as in his words, his favorite attraction in all of the Disney parks. Um, and... He, we asked him, we said, hey, you know, last time we rode this ride, we, last time we were there, we were in, it was uh, January 2022. So last time we rode on this ride, uh, did you notice um, stuff that was broken? And he goes, oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. No hesitation at all. 
Um, and I said, does that make your uh, your riding the ride um, less like does it make it worse or uh, or what? And he goes, I still love the ride, but noticing all of the broken uh, broken pieces of the ride makes the ride feel like a pale shadow of what it once was. It's incredibly poetic. Yes, uh, a, a pale shadow of its former self. <laughs> yes, yes. We uh, we've been watching a lot of Rings of Power lately, so yeah. <laughs> it, it feels old, Gandalf, like butter <laughs> spread across too much toast. Like <laughs> like it's still there, and it's still meaningful, and it's still impactful, and it still improves your day at the Disneyland Resort to enjoy the Indiana Jones adventure, right? Like like butter would improve toast, but it feels stretched thin. Yes. Uh, and, and it does feel diminished. Uh, and perhaps it should go into the West with its people and rem- remain Galadriel. Uh, <laughs> or perhaps, Alice, in place of this dark tomb, we could have a king of rides. Uh, not dark, but one that is beautiful and terrible as the dawn. Uh, <laughs> treacherous as the sea, Alice. <laughs> Stronger than the foundations of the earth. I'm talking about like the ride. Um, <laughs> and so it's interesting that he described it that way. And uh, a pale shadow is maybe more dramatic of a way to describe it than I would. Um, but on the other hand, it is not itself. Uh, and so, like you said, we need to go back. Uh, we need to start in uh, 1995. So, definitely, if you haven't listened to the last episode of this uh, miniseries, you should definitely go back and and join us in 1995. But as the years marched onward, effects were removed or lost or simply and obviously broken. Yeah. And, And the loss of certain effects and the changing of certain effects has been so well documented over the years that because this ride has inspired so many fans to become like historians of the ride. Um, it's really easy to go online and find like compilations and lists of bro- things that have broken over the years, things that the ways that ways that the ride used to be ways that the ride used to startle and scare you and how they have changed, broken or been removed entirely from the ride. And um, so I have to thank Reddit for a lot of this list um, and <laughs> and YouTube, of course, um, for finding a, a collection of some of the here we have a, a list of some of the more obvious broken effects, some of the more obvious uh, changes that have been made over the years. And we're, we're going to go through this list and kind of talk about what um, what about each of these things um, has changed and how it affects the the story as a whole and how it affects like the experience riding the ride um but we we covered some of this last week um so again go go you can go listen to to last week's episode we we do encourage that <laughs> um we we mentioned certain effects being broken as we passed through them in our um 1995 ride walkthrough um but we're going to maybe go into a little bit more detail on some of this and talk about like if you the listener were to ride Indiana Jones Indiana Jones Adventure formerly known as Indiana Jones and the Temple of the Forbidden Eye um this is exactly what you would experience today 
Yeah, uh, and and it's funny you should mention Reddit. I remember uh, years ago reading a list of broken effects uh, on a Reddit thread uh, specifically about the Indiana Jones adventure. And I was like, how do people pay this close attention to all the ways that it's broken? But I was also like, I can't believe it's broken all of these ways. Yeah. Um, We have an incomplete list in front of us. Uh, The things that we could independently confirm yes the things that we could verify so i did find that list again uh and it hasn't been updated for over two years and in the last two years indiana jones has been shut down uh like during covid um and so we know some some effects were fixed or um if not fixed then like changed so that list that we found was um is is also incomplete or uh, inaccurate and so right. this this is the best version of the list that we could find today um and as as to how they get all of that information well i'll tell you that first that person who made that list on reddit the uh very comprehensive list on reddit um said in the comments that they ride the indiana jones ride four or five times every time they visit disneyland and they visit disneyland three or four times a week Wow. Okay. So we're talking about like a, a super fan, like a true, like lives at the park super fan. Yes. Yes. Okay. Uh, a level of dedication that we could only dream of, of having. Um, and, and I have mad respect for anybody who has found their thing, found their niche. Right. Um, right. and is, is dedicating themselves to that. But I got to say, that's a lot of times to write Indiana Jones. That's a whole lot of times to write Indiana Jones. So, so, so to start you off, uh, this one is, an effect that we talked about last week. It is this uh, removed effect, purposefully removed effect. Uh, the walls of the Chamber of Destiny no longer move, and the ride vehicle no longer uh, appears to go through a left, right, or center door. Now we always go through the center door. Yes, always through the center door. Now the center door is now not necessarily always the same room, and that's the the change here. So it used to be that the left center and right doors were assigned this was what room you're going into um it and you know you went left you knew you were going to the of the visions of the future you went center you're going to gold um and now you're always going center but you don't know which room it's going to be until you get there right and and so the fix on this the thing that makes it um you know still kind of work as an effect that looks like you're going down a unique path is uh, they've used projection mapping, which is relatively new technology compared to 1995, um, to project a kind of aura around the center door, depending on what treasure of Mara you're getting. So uh, there's like a little projection and light show. It turns all blue if you're getting the Fountain of Youth. It turns all purple if you're getting Visions of the Future. And of course, it turns glittering gold uh, if you are about to receive glittering gold. It is yours um and so that's for me this works well enough where i'm not like oh man if only the doors were still rotating but also it seems odd that there are three doors uh still like the the other two doors are still visible it definitely diminishes that moment it feels less random that you're always going center uh but the projection mapping is pretty cool so maybe point for modern I don't know. Yeah. It feels like a neutral change, honestly. It, I agree, neutral change. I don't think this is necessarily a bad thing um, that, you know, that the walls no longer move. If it if it means less downtime for the ride, if it means, you know, that the ride moves forward faster more often, 
Uh, that's probably a good thing. That's probably why it changed, because if the yeah. walls break, then the ride can't move forward. Right. Um, and yeah, the projection mapping is kind of cool. It does kind of remove some of the like re-ride ability of the of of it. So if you were, you know, if you were young and you were riding the ride and and you go through the center door and it's the gold one and then you do it again and well it's the center door again but it's blue this time like that's kind of it's kind of cool like oh the center the center room changes but there's no longer like i remember riding the ride at pretty young thinking oh which way are we gonna go (gasps) which door are we gonna go through and then and then as i got taller being able to see the track on the ground um and and calling it before we (laughs) before we got there (laughs) it's left we're going left we're going left um and that was just one of our goofy you know things that we would do when we were teens on the on the ride yeah Um, it's funny that that the like physical variation makes it feel like it's a unique writing experience because like i don't see how this projection mapping effect is any different than the randomizing on star tours the adventures continue or uh the different songs that you can get on uh guardians of the galaxy colon mission dash breakout oh, no, it's <laughs> guardians of the galaxy dash mission colon breakout exclamation, exclamation. point mm-hmm. uh like it's gonna be a different song every time so like you want to ride until you get uh whatever song is your favorite right yeah um but it's funny, I do remember wanting to ride Indiana Jones and the Temple of the Forbidden Eye until we went left. Like, I want to see the left door today, actually. Yeah. Which uh, is so funny to look back on it and know which, like, what the, how the effect was created. Because yeah. it is still the same door. It's the same dang <laughs> it's, hallway, it's yeah. It's the same dang hallway. It's always been the same hallway. We're We're just no longer getting the simulated fake out of which yeah. door we're going through even though like physically nothing has changed it's the yeah, same the simulation door. the simulation has just changed in nature and maybe maybe it speaks to our uh our cynicism a little bit like oh it's just projection mapped it's not really moving the doors like maybe maybe it just goes to show that um you know physical effects will age more gracefully than anything that the wonders of modern digital technology can can conjure I don't know if I feel 100% on that, but it's an interesting line of questioning, right? Yeah, something Uh, to think about. So uh, as you pass through the door, there are new projection effects, speaking of, in the Chamber of Destiny itself. Uh, This would include new lighting effects uh, that have changed multiple times since Ride Open, Mm -hmm. uh, and new projection maps on the big idol of Mara at the end of the hallway, uh, which... This is very cool, actually. This is very cool. This is a big plus. I was going to say, this, I think, is an excellent change. So I do remember being young riding this ride. And um, it was before I knew how the door effect worked. Like, oh, which door is which? And before I knew that we were always going through the same door. But I do remember, I have a distinct memory of climbing up the hill and looking to the side and seeing the, like, shadow of, like, um, the Fountain of Youth. like um screens 
Yeah. They were like they would put up a s- different screens in in the, on the side panels and then light up whichever ones you know which room you were going yeah, through. It's a, it's a clever lighting trick that changes the hallway from one room to another. Yeah. Yeah, and so I remember looking and being like, "Is that the Fountain of Youth? We're in the Gold Room, though." And like, huh. because because the lighting effect just hadn't wasn't as effective. And now this might be a direct contradiction of what you just said about physical <laughs> effects aging more gracefully. Yeah. But I think because that light bulb wasn't working as um as intended or you know something something was wrong and i could see the fountain of youth in the room of gold um it didn't it ruined the immersion for me and so now with this with the newer projections and the newer yeah projection mapping on the face of mara and all of that i think that this is now more immersive and better if yeah. I can, if I can say that, I think that yeah. now, you know, you're going through the same room every time, but, um, the projection makes it more convincing that it's a different, that it could be a different room or, or a magical effect. I agree. And, and especially the projection on Mara going from benevolent to kind of a crumbling, rotting skull right before your eyes as, as things go from peaceful to dangerous. Um, it just sells the whole thing because before that was just kind of a strobe effect. Um, and there wasn't anything really except for Mara's voice lines. Your path now leads to the gates of doom. And then uh, <laughs> and the then laughter. His laugh. <laughs> <laughs> and, then, and then you would swerve away. Um, this new projection mapping really sells the whole like, oh, you, you did a bad thing. And this evil idol is going to kill you now. Um, so that's all really good. Now, as we are swept to the left... Uh, this is a, an infamously broken effect. Uh, the ride vehicle no longer feels as if it is floating towards the gates of doom. It doesn't feel like anything, really. Uh, it just kind of feels like the Jeep is driving in a kind of jerky, wrong direction sort of way. Yeah, like it, like it's being driven uphill. And, uh, and, and the reason why I think, like, I never really noticed that it was floating, or especially recently, that it was supposed to be a floating effect. One, because it's so jerky and stuff, but also because I feel like it tips the nose of the car too far up. Yeah. And so, like, you're going up a hill, clearly, and it's like you're being dragged, but the nose of the car is so far up that if you're in the wrong spot in the car, you can't see Indiana Jones yeah. right away. You know what I mean? Yeah, this floatiness thing, it it's so abstract, you know? It's like, oh, the car's floating, but, like, nobody's pointing that out. Uh, it's it's unclear that it's the Gates of Doom causing this. Uh, and personally speaking, I do not remember ever feeling like the Jeep was floating towards the Gates of Doom. Yeah. Uh, this is not an effect I remember, and I've been riding this ride for a while, so... If it ever worked, uh, it feels very subtle. And that subtlety is is hard to complain about in terms of a theme park ride. Right. Um, and a related um, effect, the Indiana Jones audio animatronic that is working on closing the Gates of Doom, the Gates of Doom no longer fully close. Um, he's huh. just kind of pushing on them a little bit. Yeah. Um, and it seems like maybe some force is trying to get out. Uh, and he's like, holding the door holding the door against the you know magic forces um so in the you know in the version of the ride that that the version of the story you're supposed to get is that you're being you're floating and then the door closes and you kind of slam to the ground uh because yeah, you're like no longer the power floating has been yeah the power has been cut off from right. beyond the gate or whatever so you still do that you still have you still are you know, floating around and then there's a, the sound effect of the door closing and the car 
jerks violently, it has one violent jerky moment like it's hitting the ground. But because the floating effect is too jerky and because the gate no longer closes, that whole effect is completely gone. Like the whole sequence barely reads. And honestly, I don't know if the sequence ever really read. You know, like the gate closes and you are, you're, the Jeep is now free to drive again is... It just wasn't being clearly communicated to the audience. Yeah. Uh, I, I consider this a weak moment in terms of its design, not just in terms of now it's super broken. Yeah. Uh, but then again, it is super broken. Don't get yeah. us wrong. <laughs> it is super broken. The room itself is rather lovely. The gates I are, do like it. are cool. The new projection mapping in there is also cool where it kind of, yeah, it almost looks like something is... Uh, like energy is flying about the room in a way um you know it still looks good and the audio on anim animatronic looks good too um and you know it's like fine you're like you're getting started you're like it's this is your first look at indiana jones and the first like like terror that you face yeah. um so it's like fine but no longer as effective as it used to be now as the jeep climbs the steps the big steps up to the left uh, we are supposed to kind of come into the main chamber of the Forbidden Eye, the, the Trail of Torment, and see another uh, depiction of Mara at the center of the room, right? Over the lava pit. Um, and there's supposed to be a, a big fire in the eye of Mara that you are supposed to, like, see and, like, light is supposed to shine through. And it's like Mara's firing laser beams out of his eye through this fire. That is supposed to be actual physical fire, and it's been a long time since I remember seeing that. Yeah, I I don't I don't know if the pyrotechnic like actual fire effects in this ride are working anymore at all because that is not the only piece of fire in that room that I that I remember. I seem to remember jets of fire spurting up in some places and i don't believe that they have actual pyrotechnics in that room anymore thinking back on my most recent rewrite i think there was one pyrotechnic effect and i cannot recall when just I just like saw a it. random burst of flame from this yeah. from a wall right yeah like <laughs> uh, and it that's really disappointing because fire is cool fire uh, is cool it makes for a really effective like shock moment for writers like yeah like oh my gosh and you could feel the heat from like a good distance away yeah um and pyrotechnics are like a like a i don't know like a hugely effective um thing for for rides for you know for making a, a ride or an experience or an attraction or even a nighttime spectacular look look better look cooler look more realistic even because you I can't agree. yeah it's hard to fake fire so when you can feel the heat coming off of something that is special yeah and and look I, I think fire effects near guests are understandable like why you might want to tone that down a little bit but the eye fire not being lit i feel like that one's kind of really bad show in my opinion yeah uh when when it is such an iconic part of seeing what has become of this idol it, it makes it feel so much more alive and haunted at the same time you know what i mean yeah i totally agree uh so uh the next broken effect is everybody's favorite the ice machine yep the ice machine's been broken for like i don't know a really long time how old is the ride the ride is uh i don't know 20 
five years old now. Okay, now take one month off of that age, and that's how long <laughs> the ice machine has been broken. <laughs> yeah, the uh, ice machine's been broken a long time, and we talked this, about this last episode. Yeah, we talked about it in the last episode. This was supposed to drop ice near or onto the, the hood of the Jeep, uh, kind of simulating rubble falling onto the Jeep. Uh, why, Alice, will the ice never come back, do you think? Because water is really damaging to mechanical effects. <laughs> oh, so you say, and so we all agree. I feel like it it should have, everybody involved should have realized that the ice was like a bad idea. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the ice was a, a bad idea. It was a cool effect and looked awesome. Um, there is no way that that becomes a... Uh, like that that comes back one could uh, say uh, it was a cold effect actually uh, ah. um uh it's it's not gonna come back unless they find a way to constantly replenish like some kind of false or like a i don't know styrofoam or something like if if you can get something not water uh to fall from the ceiling and look like rubble you might see that effect come back maybe um, a machine that kind of like works like um like the last hole at a mini golf course. So like when stuff falls in, it goes through a series of tubes to the loading area where then it like comes back out at the top. You know what I mean? <laughs> uh, yeah. I don't know why I went straight for last hole at a mini golf course because there's definitely a better way to describe that. Sure. But you know what I'm thinking, right? Yeah, I know. I know what you're talking about. If there, <laughs> if there was a way to make that happen or uh, it could be like the um, like a bowling alley pin pin placer you know or like um you know the the falling jeep in uh jurassic park uh oh, it's jurassic yeah. world now so i don't know if they still have that but like how the jeep used to fall from the from the side and then yeah, something that could maybe lift itself up and fall over repeatedly would make a good replacement there i think yeah yeah, yeah. In, in, instead we have nothing yeah, and so uh, there's nothing, and that's We fine. have the absence of a collapsing tunnel, uh, just the, the implication through a noise in the beautiful John Williams score. Yeah, it's a missed effect. People talk about it all the time. People who were super fans in 95 talk about it a lot. Um, it was beloved, but it didn't work. And if it doesn't work, it doesn't belong. I agree. Uh, Alice, in the Halls of the Dead, we are supposed to be accosted by several sets of three skeletons that kind of swing out at us. Uh, currently, I can confirm in my most recent ride through, there are no groups of skeletons that swing out at riders. However, a few skeletons still fall somewhat menacingly on their own out of their coffins on the sides of the hall. So, okay, I guess we're fine. Then. Yeah. It's not. I it's really, not I really cool. miss that though. <laughs> I know, I know. Big it, swinging masses of skeletons. Yeah, Alice. like three skeletons on the same little like ski lift shaped, um, <laughs> like like swing that would come at you. Um, that was yeah, that was pretty cool. I think we don't effectively lose anything uh, if some of the skeletons still pop out at you menacingly. We're not really missing an effect here. You know, it is it is an altered effect and definitely an effect that feels like it's been uh, diminished, uh, a, a pale shadow of its former self. Uh, but it is still <laughs> there. Uh, yeah. So that's the the Halls of the Dead. Uh, and now we find ourselves on the rope bridge uh, after we make it through the bug room. The bug room is pretty much unchanged, actually. Yeah, I don't I can't think of anything that's changed about the bug room. I heard somebody say that the bugs are. um are less clear on the wall like it's huh. a like it's a not as clear of a projection but i yeah. last time i wrote it i didn't notice it, it was still very clearly is, bugs 
it does seem to be digital projection instead of analog. Like there used to be a film of bug shadows that was running on a loop. And now it is definitely some kind of digital file that is running on a loop. Oh, that's um, interesting. I never really thought about it. Uh, yeah. I, ne- yeah, I never really thought about how they got it because it like, it's only, you can only see the bugs where the, um, where the, the, the headlights, the headlights of the, of the touch the wall. Yeah. yeah. And so I always just assumed it was something, some light from actually from the headlight of the, <laughs> of the Jeep. Uh, looking back, that is a silly thing to assume. I yeah. Think. It's but, a, it's a rotating projector uh, that, that projects along with the movement of the ride vehicle. That's fun. Uh, yeah. yeah. It feels the same. I, I, I noticed no difference last time I Virtually wrote it. Virtually unchanged. Uh, um, so we, we do find ourselves at the rope bridge now. Yes, the rope bridge uh, that used to be in effect where when you drive over the rope bridge, suddenly um, the because you drive over it and the sides of the bridge, the rope at your side would suddenly drop from view and look like the rope or like the whole bridge had kind of collapsed underneath you and dropped like a couple feet. Um, it's very similar, I think, to the collapsing bridge effect at the Universal Studios tram tour. Yeah. Um. And that that effect has also been broken for 20 years. So um, that the swinging the collapsing bridge at Universal Studios comes back every once in a while when they've done some repairs on it. And then it goes away again for a couple of years when it breaks. So I have a feeling this is the same kind of technology and the same kind of um, the same kind of repair. <laughs> yeah, the, the weirdness with the rope bridge effect is that it. It is a pause moment for certain ride through sequences like the the ride does have a small amount of variability in timing, uh, some of which is related to like loading issues and some of which is just kind of like the ride runs at a lot of different speeds in general. Um, And the rope bridge feels like a, a, a pause moment where like something perilous feels like it should happen. Um, but because there's no associated effect, it just feels like you're stopping on the bridge. And that's what's scary is like, oh, the bridge is rickety. Yeah. Okay, off we go. It is still <laughs> it is still like a scary moment because, yeah, it's like um, you pull up to the bridge and it's kind of like a, well, I guess we got to go this way, even though we're in a Jeep. Like yeah. <laughs> uh, we're in a we're in a big old Jeep. It shouldn't work but i guess we're gonna indiana jones it and (laughs) and then you drive a jeep over a rope bridge which is fine um and you know very you know it shouldn't work but it's indiana jones and that's like the whole thing um and so yeah when you pause at the beginning even without the dropping of the bridge even even without that it's still like a a moment hanging in the balance are we going to make this journey i guess so here we go yeah um but unfortunately though then you drive on the bridge and then there's you like can look down on either side and it's supposed to be like this pit filled with fog with like fake magma bubbling up underneath you um to make the journey over the bridge even more dangerous um but the fog that yeah there's no fog there anymore and and the uh fake lava pit is very clearly like clear plastic with lights underneath to simulate the color and heat of lava so yeah it doesn't really sell the peril of the moment without the fog effect um which is a shame uh so as we cross the bridge and finally make our way across we make it to the snake chamber we love the snake chamber we love the snake chamber indy hates the snake chamber snakes (laughs) we're on our own uh but 
You know, Alice, I gotta say, this this one for me is my sticking point. Yeah. You know, forget the ice, you know, for, forget the, the fire, you know, forget that the, the skeletons aren't lunging at us. The Temple of the Forbidden Eye on the outside is covered with snakes. Snake iconography abounds. Uh, these really cool, stylish snakes that are basically the logo of the ride. Mm-hmm. And the snake room, it's premier appearance on the attraction itself is massively disappointing. It really is. Yeah, I agree with you that I think this is the most disappointing broken effect of the of the whole ride. Um this one feels like n- not only does this one feel like a like an easy fix (laughs) like it's there's really only one thing truly wrong with the snake room right um and it's the big snake at the end so like that feels like it should be like oh there's one thing wrong with the snake room there's one thing that happens in the snake room that should happen and it's not so it feels like it should be an easy fix but so so it also feels like um like it's being ignored like like the problem just had like a band-aid put over it and um so like none of the other snakes in the snake room used to move right and they still don't yeah it was a bunch of still like plastic snakes or or, like carved snakes and you drive past them and the sound of hissing is everywhere and then the one giant cobra lunges at you teeth out tongue out with a horrible hissing noise and it gets like really close to the uh to the right side of the jeep yeah. And that was the only effect in the snake room. Despite the fact that snakes are Indiana Jones's number one fear in the world. That's like that could be like a joke that you lean on more than once in the story. Yeah. Uh they don't. It's the one snake room and the one snake that moves. And yet when the snake animatronic broke, they replaced it with a plastic, unmoving, unchanging snake. Yeah. He just sits there and looks at you as you go by. Now, Alice, to be fair, we are sitting here, arms firmly in our armchairs. Uh-huh. Unaware of the uh, industrial mechanics necessary to create uh, an audio animatronic snake that needs to operate for, you know, 17 hours a day without stopping and do a cool lunging motion and have its teeth come out. But they did figure it out in 1995, right? <laughs> and, and the thing is, the snake animatronic did work in a, in, a, in, the way, in a way that a lot of these other broken effects didn't. Uh, the snake worked. Like, it's just a big snake. So I, I, I wonder what exactly the holdup is. Uh, like, what is so complicated? It feels like either this is being ignored and neglected or there is some other underlying issue. Maybe the snake was a load-bearing snake, like the <laughs> Yeti in, in uh, Expedition Everest, and now the snake can't move anymore because it's structurally destroying the Indiana Jones adventure. Maybe. Um, but that seems unlikely, given that we have a, a smaller boring or snake in its place at the moment uh and and i just need this snake to to lunge at me i mean it's bad yeah it's really bad it's really ineffective the sound of the snake hissing at you is still present but he's so clearly not moving 
it's um it's a very very ineffective moment in this ride and 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 absolutely serves to break immersion i mean like like speaking of mini golf courses like that's kind of the level that we're at it's a it's a black lit snake you know that's it it's just like a picture of a snake almost a statue of a snake um it's bad it's I do bad. not enjoy this. It's bad. And it's hard not to compare it to other animatronic audio animatronics in the um, in the park that do can same like similar consistent motions for hours and hours and hours at a time. Like yeah. the Pirates of the Caribbean Pirates run pretty consistently. Um, yeah. You know, occasionally one of them will break down, but I feel like they're never out for long. Um, and like the audio animatronic jack sparrow on the pirates of the caribbean is like way more complicated in movement than uh hondo anaka on um on on smuggler's run is way more complicated than um <laughs> than the snake you Kylo know ren gets exploded you know every every four and a half seconds we're exploding <laughs> a kylo run ren animatronic and it just feels like to be fair he also breaks a lot he breaks so. a lot i've seen a lot of b mode at kylo actually um but, you know, I feel like we could at least be seeing B-mode snake. This feels like C-mode snake. <laughs> uh, it, it is not. It, it, and, and what hurts so much is that, again, this is like the symbol of the temple, right? Like yeah. snakes are promised from moment one. It's one of the first things you see. And it it just feels like this needs fixing bad. But we can't dwell on it forever. No. So we dodge past the unmoving snake and into the interior of the skull of Mara, where a uh, ghostly apparition of Mara menaces us. Uh, This is achieved with a screen with blacklight paint on it that a blacklight then shines on and then the the ghost kind of appears on the screen. It's a pretty cool effect. It looked better last time I wrote it, but it has been unclear for much of the ride's history yes it has been unclear for much of the ride's history it's been it's been hard to see kind of disappears into the wall behind it um like you said like that like in recent months it seems to have improved um this brings me to this actually um is going to bring me back to my husband's comments from earlier when he talks about uh, how much of a fan of this ride he is one of the things that he said in this conversation we had with him um was uh that we haven't mentioned yet is he talks about how the lighting throughout the whole ride seems to be brighter um so you know it's a super dark windowless temple um as you're driving through and you know it's lit by various fires and you know various black lights and you know and stuff like that um and his observation is that in, in recent years the um Indiana Jones, the whole inside of the temple seems to be just a little bit brighter and maybe just bright enough that it ruins some of the effects. Like the ride becomes less immersive because you can see more of it. Some of the tricks of, you know, the effects uh, and how some of the effects work um, become more obvious if the room is a little brighter. Like if the room was really dark, we might not be able to see the uh, magma being literally a piece of plastic, right? right. Yeah. Um, and that could, be, you know, fog also could help on that. But like if it's too bright down there, you can see a little fake little spotlight thing with with plastic on it that look that's supposed to give a magma color. Um, and this effect here, 
of the spirit of Mara. Um, if the room is too bright, the black light has nowhere to go. Like there's no- nothing to illuminate. If you know, if the if regular lights are too bright, the black light doesn't work. So I agree. So if it's too bright, you lose effects like this. This one is harder to confirm uh, because we're we're not exactly able to take like a, a light meter on the ride, <laughs> nor to take a light meter back in time to see how it used to be. Um, but I have noticed this actually a few times on Disney attractions specifically, where I'm like, oh, you know, I can I can see the ceiling. Yes. And I shouldn't be able to. I don't feel like I used to be able to as another and that's, one. That's interesting. And maybe I'm just older. Um, maybe we are just old and we maybe. see things now. Uh, but on the other hand, darker could be better when we're talking about a dark ride. So uh, it's a good observation. And definitely it would help with this effect and the next effect that we're about to talk about, actually. Yes, because the next effect we're going to talk about is the rats. <laughs> <laughs> the we're going to talk about the rats, the rats that I didn't know existed until very very recently um <laughs> last week alice just of, say it <laughs> all right yes as of last week i didn't know that this was supposed to be rats so the next thing that you drive through as we talked about last week um you drive through a hallway that is supposed to have branches on either side of the um on either side of the jeep on the right hand side of the jeep there's supposed to be like physical branches there According to this, uh, according to this list I found, it, it appears that there used to be physical and fog projection rats and branches. Um, or the branches used to be physical and the rats used to be projected on fog or something. Anyways, it's impossible to see in there. It's just absolutely, absolutely impossible. Yeah, as you said last week, and, and to your point, the rat effect does not look like rats. It doesn't look like anything. It looks like cobwebs. Uh, it looks a bit like cobwebs for sure, and I have never seen these supposed black light lit branches. Like this is not in in my database. I have I have gone into the mind palace. I have sacked it for <laughs> every every image I have of the rat room on Indiana Jones Adventure, and it's just not there. It's not there. So so this effect probably has not worked in multiple decades at least. Yes, or. Or it was taken out or or something was changed about the physical branches. Um, I found this this was listed on a um, on a YouTube video that I saw of broken effects. Um, And I watched the whole YouTube video and I even watched the, you know, like an old ride through of Indiana Jones from like 95 and tried to look for it. And I just, I don't know if it's just, well, the 1995 video was very low quality, so I'm not (laughs) surprised I missed it there. But I just don't remember it. I don't remember seeing it. And even if it was, even if it was there, the fog effects that's used for the projection of the rats also didn't work. So like nothing in this hallway works. No, the whole, the whole rat room uh, is, is a question mark, an enigma. I, I do not know what the goal is with the rat room, you know? And, and I would like to know what the goal is. And I would like it to, to have a goal, perhaps. Um, I would like to feel something in the rat room. And instead, I feel just confusion, largely. Yes. Um, so that brings us to the dart hallway, one of our favorites. But uh, the final set of skeletons painted into the wall uh, also doubles as an emergency exit. Did you know this, Alice? I did know this, actually, because of this exact fact that we found. 
um, that that final skeleton set of like, it's like a wall that's painted with like five skeletons or something. The emergency exit is always open. So you can, while you're driving through the the hallway with the darts, um, there is just like an open door on the left, up to the left. It's it's wide open. I've seen <laughs> it every time. Out. <laughs> I see it every single time. Uh, and so like it, this makes the skeletons heads look like they're detached from their bodies because like the door, the skeletons are taller than the door. Right? right. So like it looks the heads are stay on the wall, but their bodies get pushed back to be an emergency exit. I don't know why this is. I don't, I don't know why that door is open. It's bad show, but it must be open for a reason. Right. So perhaps a fire marshal at some point was like. This people exit. aren't going to know that this is an exit. Yeah. Yeah, and that was probably it. It feels like a fire marshal decision. And you know what? A fire marshal's decisions are important. But perhaps now a repaint is in order. Uh, something to make that not so obvious. Perhaps it could be dark unless a light were activated in an emergency or something like that. Uh, it feels very odd that you can just see this open yeah. skeleton door. Yeah. And I've heard people talk um, also about this additionally, not just about the emergency exit, which is uh, kind of just like a funny detail to me, but obviously a necessary one. It's an emergency exit, for goodness sake. Um, But I hear people talk all the time about how this room, the darts um, don't work for them or are ineffective. And they they I've heard this room kind of laughed at on occasion. Um, I think I think it rules still. Last time I was last time I wrote it in January, I I was like, this is the most effective room. And <laughs> um, the darts flying past, making my hair fly in front of my face. And, and um, you know, it's I don't actually feel like I'm being shot with darts, but I'm also not like a child anymore. Right. So like you don't need to 100 percent believe the effect to get what the effect is going for. Yeah, I think uh, the rocking motion of the Jeep the stops and starts of the Jeep and how it kind of feels like it's like trembling through the room, trying to avoid the darts. Yeah. I think that works. I think the air works. Um, the skeletons are painted, which is fine. I heard people complain about that too. They were like, they should be real. I'm like, no, it's, it's a mural hiding dart hiding traps. The, the dart like, trap. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't, I've heard a lot of criticism of this room and I don't really understand them because I think this, I think this effect absolutely slaps. <laughs> this used to be the the room that scared me the most. Painted skeletons are scarier to me than real or like, quote unquote, real, like, like normal scale skeletons. These painted temple guard skeletons, they they did a number on on young me's fear factor. Um, <laughs> so, you know, I, I still have an affection for it. But the fact remains, uh, it it probably doesn't need an open door at the end of the hallway. Yeah, um, it's so. Fine. Yeah, that's fine. Uh, and finally, Alice, we're on our last effect. Um, this is this has felt like a lot of complaining. We tend not to complain too much on this podcast because it is, after all, all about treating theme parks, rides and attractions like literature. And that means that we, you know, meet them at their level. We try not to be complainers, but yeah, but the complaining has been useful. I think we're, we're setting the stage for something here. The final attraction or the final effect on the attraction, rather, is the boulder. And the room around it, which is supposed to uh, shift uh, backwards to simulate the Jeep uh, moving backwards as the boulder rolls towards you. The boulder's stuck, Alice. Yeah, the boulder boulder ain't rolling anymore. Boulder ain't rolling. Boulder stuck. That's too bad. Last time I was there, I felt like it. 
I felt like it moved a little or I felt like um, maybe it was just that the strobe effect was doing a good job of making it look like it was rolling. Yeah. Um, I didn't. I missed I missed it rolling rolling like that that I miss a lot um but I felt like their their fix with the strobe light was moderately effective um but you said when you wrote on it you basically didn't you basically didn't see it at all yeah um so if you'll allow me to transition out of recapping the various busted effects on this attraction and there are many uh, and a little bit into my personal experience with the ride as it exists today, I, I'd like to give a little bit of a, a, a research report, if uh, if you're okay with that. Yes, please. Okay, so uh, my encounter with the Indiana Jones adventure happened around the middle of the morning of my most recent trip to Disneyland. So it was probably around 11, uh, starting to get around lunchtime uh, when we decided to just go ahead and wait and stand by. Lightning Lane, for the record, at that point, was already booked for the day. Yikes. Uh, so that was that was pretty incredible to see it kind of get snapped up like that. And uh, standby was listed at 60 minutes. Um, now, Alice, here's here's something fun about the new setup with standby and lightning lane. And I guess it's kind of been like this with fast pass uh, for quite some time, actually. Um, but there's, first of all, new overflow areas for the attractions line outside. Ah. Uh, the new overflow area connects to the Jungle Cruise and actually can just be Jungle Cruise overflow queue as well as Indiana Jones overflow oh. queue. So I thought that was really interesting. That's a clever uh, the, use of space. Yeah, these attractions are, are really close to each other. So I actually started in that overflow uh, and then skipped over the exit area uh, at the direction of a cast member to get into the actual standby. And mind you, this is for the 60-minute standby, so uh, it wasn't even as bad as it can be. Um... We spent the rest of most of that hour in the exterior. So by the time you get onto the bridge that leads up into the temple, that's the lightning lane merge. So that's what yes. you're skipping with lightning lane these days. Um, and once you're on the interior of the temp temple, it feels like there has been an effort made lately to keep it moving inside. Uh, so... On one hand, that's pretty cool, right? Once you're in the temple, it's like a real adventure. You're able to walk freely and not step forward every couple of minutes. Instead, you're just kind of stepping forward really, really regularly through each of the temple rooms. On the other hand, I feel like, you know, in 95 and for a long part of our childhoods experiencing this, that was not the case. You could spend a lot of time in the temple in a standby queue. Uh, and as a result there was more time to hang out and enjoy all of the cool stuff inside the temple. So what I found this time was that I felt very rushed, um, but also that there was less reason to feel rushed because things have been taken out. Uh, the pole that you can push on to activate the spike trap has been removed. You can still pull on the rope to mess with the archaeologists, um, but uh, the uh, newsreels have been greatly reduced in length. In fact, there's only one newsreel that shows, and it's just the safety message featuring Sala. And it just mm. plays on repeat. Um, so I, in the projection room, I saw that like three times. And I was like, wait, one of those could have been news 
news of the world or, or whatever it is. Eyes on the world, I think it's called. Eyes on the globe. I think that might be it. I think that's um, it. <laughs> one of those could have been eyes on the globe, but instead I saw Sala exactly saying the same thing three times. So at least I got the safety message. I feel like that's why, by the way, because I do remember being stopped in the projection room by cast members until a safety message played in the past, even if we were fast passing. It was like, you're going to stop here and wait for the whole sequence. So we load up the projection room all the way to capacity. Then the safety message plays, and then you get to move towards the Jeeps. Um, nowadays, the safety message is always playing, so you inevitably see it inside of 30 seconds. Uh, an interesting change that I feel also diminishes the atmosphere. Uh, speaking of diminished atmosphere, I read practically zero maroglyphics inside the temple itself. Aww. I read plenty in the exterior, though. Uh, so that was all right, because uh, the exterior line moved agonizingly slow because we were in standby. And standby feels agonizingly slow these days. Um, but almost none inside the temple itself i managed to snap like three good photos of the temple interior part of that is my phone's camera uses a low light mode that means it takes a really slow picture in <laughs> a, a in dark environments um but also part of that is like we just weren't stopping so i didn't get to hang out in there and that bummed me out just a little bit uh, when we finally got on the Jeep, things seemed to be going pretty well, though, because, you know, we had only been in the temple for like five minutes, ten minutes. So the pace of things felt really good. Uh, we boarded. I did not get to sit in the driver's seat. That bummed me out. <laughs> <laughs> it didn't actually bum me out any. Uh, but the ride pretty much began as I might expect. Everything was working to the extent that we have listed here. Uh, the skeletons not popping out was pretty jarring to me. The snake being as still as it was, was pretty jarring. But actually, I gotta say, when we got to the rat room is for me when things kind of fell off the rails. We stopped in the rat room for what felt like 30 seconds. Uh, and that's just a dark room, you know? There's it, not a lot going on in there. Yeah. That's a really and, common stopping po point for, um for it's like designed as a stopping point for if the boulder room doesn't work right um, uh so that should have tipped me off right away right like uh oh here we go <laughs> um because from that point forward uh the beautiful score written by sir john williams himself uh completely desynchronized from the rest of the ride oh no uh, it was it was not on for much of the rest of the ride through uh, we paused at the beginning of the dart room. We paused at the end of the dart room. And when we finally got into the boulder room, we were under Indy for maybe 15 seconds before he said anything in basically total silence. Oof. And then he said, uh oh, back up, back up. And then like a light turned on under the boulder, which wasn't rolling. And we went down and the ride ended. Oh. And I was just sitting there being like, yeesh. Like, there are choices being made in how this ride is presenting itself, specifically in the queuing situation, which 
Again, I do understand the operational necessities of, and like the reason you might want to keep things moving inside, you know, given that we are still in a era where there's a respiratory illness flying around and interior cues can exacerbate that. Mm -hmm. um, on the other hand, many of Disneyland's cues are inside and there seems to be no consideration in those cues, so I don't know. Um, but on the other hand, it's like, it's set up to not give you time to experience the story in the way that it was designed to be told back in 95. You know, hours stuck in this line, in this temple, deciphering maroglyphics, just whiling them away with your decoder card. Like, we're not telling the story that way anymore, right? Right. The story is now, wait outside, it's nice outside, you know, there are cool plants, and you can hear the, the fun music loop. It is to this day, one of the greatest music loops at Disneyland. <laughs> um, it's a very good... There there are several Marty Robbins songs in there, and I love that guy. Um, <laughs> I got Spurs played, Alice. I was like, he's got Spurs. Anyways. <laughs> uh, so, like, you spend all that time outside, you walk into the temple, and it's like, boom, 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 room, 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 and you don't really get to take in the atmosphere. And then you get on the ride, half of everything is broken, and then there is the possibility of, like, a catastrophic desync that just kind of wrecks the rest of the, uh, the experience. And look, things happen, right? Perhaps this was a loading issue, perhaps this was, you know, somebody getting on who needed extra time. But totally acceptable. Not blaming any individual person, but that combined with all of the kind of disappointing ways that the ride is currently presenting itself that for me made me go like oh no this this old thing is not currently exhibiting signs of eternal youth and beauty this thing is it was glittering gold but all that glitters is not gold and even though this attraction broke the mold <laughs> it's getting kind of old you know yeah. uh, and <laughs> That stinks to realize, because I think the core of this ride, the core of the intention of the experience is still very much intact and is so popular that lightning lanes are sold out by noon, you know? Yeah. Like, this ride is still an e-ticket. It punches so far above its weight class compared to its mega-budget brethren in Galaxy's Edge. It is absolutely doing numbers, and it's so good, Alice. Like, that's why we did a miniseries on it. It rocks. It makes fans of people who don't even particularly love theme parks. You know, this is one of the key experiences that you've got to do when you're at Disneyland. And either due to neglect, which we have speculated on a little bit, right? Or due to technical difficulties in the way that it's designed and how it's holding together. Or due to operational necessity, this ride can't shut down. It would throw off operations too much. This We can't lose this capacity. Whatever the reason, it's not living up to the promise of what it was. You're absolutely right. 
it's not living up to the promise that it was. And and despite that, as you said, Lightning Lane's done by noon, a standby queue hours long. People are still going for it. And there's a cynical part of me that says that, well, because everybody is still willing to write it, that means maybe that Disney thinks they don't really need to fix anything. There's still going to be people who fall over backwards trying to write it as many times as they can, four times a day, three days a week. I, And it's still going to be a people eater it's still going to hold on to all of these people in such a high capacity ride and a high capacity queue that maybe maybe disney thinks well how it is today is fine how it is today is is good even if people are still riding it people are still coming to disneyland and spending their money and spending their time and energy riding this ride then maybe we don't need to touch it and I don't like being cynical. No. But I also don't like defending billion dollar companies in general. <laughs> so I like part of me thinks that this might be the case. Um, and I don't know what it would take to fix the write up. I don't know what it would take to get Disney to like make moves on this ride. Um, maybe they're making moves on it. I hear that it's going to be shut down for a good long weekend this November. Maybe they have plants maybe they're maybe gonna... they have a snake that they're just gonna plug in you know like just just get that snake in there maybe and that would honestly that would bump up the ride value to me like 30 percent <laughs> it's pretty good it's, it's a, a good it's, it's a, a high a, value snake it's a high value snake and i really like it and uh, I, it's scary i hesitate to say that this ride gets no love right in fact, the projection mapping on the Chamber of Destiny alone is such a plus, and it's really, really a recent addition, you know? Yeah. It's such a big plus. It really sells that moment in an interesting way. It's maybe my favorite use of projection mapping at the park, and they're using projection mapping for everything these days, so, like, <laughs> that's saying something, yeah. right? Like, does the ride get no love? No, but it gets, like, weird love, like... Why take out the skeletons? Like, why not help the boulder to roll? It simply needs a push or some WD-40, I imagine. Uh, now, we are sitting here with our arms firmly, firmly in our armchairs, right? Yes, of like, course. We do not know what to do to fix the Indiana Jones adventure. But to me, the really easy, immediate fixes, get the snake moving, get the boulder rolling... Do whatever you can to make sure that everything stays synchronized. And for heaven's sakes, let people into the temple just a little bit earlier in their queue experience. And I feel like the ride jumps way back up. You know, you said 30% for the snake. I'm talking like we're back to almost 80% of the ride that I used to know and love. If those things are happening again. Yeah. And... Those things you could knock you could knock those out over a long weekend. Like like that would be no biggie, I think. You know, with a sufficiently experienced team given the resources that they need. 
Now again, arms armchair. Like, who knows? Maybe <laughs> maybe the snake is actually haunted by the spirit of a thousand snakes, and that's why they can't uh make a new snake. Yeah. Maybe you're they, right. Maybe it was a load-bearing snake. Right. But like, you know, or perhaps just build a new snake, you know? <laughs> uh it's 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 mind-boggling to me that they have this treasure of an attraction, this this gem, this treasure of Mara. And all it needs is a spit shine and to be treated with a little bit more respect in how we choose to use its cue to tell the story. And I feel like we're back on top, right? Not only is this now an e-ticket that is still holding up and still punching above its weight. Now it's actually punching with the big boys because it is still a big boy. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. And for me, that, I think, is the takeaway from this episode. It's not like, look at all this broken stuff. It's like, this broken stuff is not as big of a deal in in piecemeal. But, you know, over the course of the entire attraction, it adds up. Uh, and it adds up substantially. And it takes a ride that is so many people's favorites. And... To, to return to a phrase leaves it a pale shadow of what it once was i agree well alice it sounds like our third episode of eyes of mara the new miniseries all about indiana jones and the temple of the forbidden eye has come to an end but one final episode is on the way join us next week for episode four it belongs in a museum or there is nothing you can possess that i cannot take away uh, which I'm really excited for for the conclusion of this gripping saga. Uh, and Alice, I cannot thank you enough for joining me on this journey so far. Oh my gosh, this has been so much fun. I am so excited to talk about this uh, to talk about this ride all the time. Like this might as well. We might just turn this whole dang podcast into an Indiana Jones fan cast because this is so so fun to talk <laughs> about with you. <laughs> Uh, you know, Alice, if you wanted to continue this conversation with me beyond the uh, confines of the podcast, in fact, this this invitation goes out to anybody listening out there. Uh, the, the conversation does continue online. Yes, on the Internet. We're always on Twitter. You can follow this show on Twitter at Happy Places Pod. And I am on Twitter, Instagram and on TikTok at Alice White THP for those happy places. And I'm just on Twitter and I am at Buddy underscore Duquesne. Duquesne is spelled D-U-Q-U-E-S-N-E. And if you like the show and you want to support us monetarily, you can find that information online at patreon.com slash those happy places. You'll find bonus content. You'll find uh, mini episodes. You'll find blog posts. I just wrote a little blog post that covered a little bit of the uh, of the ride at 1995 or some, uh, you know, bonus effects that we haven't covered on the show. Um, you can find that post and many more uh, on our Patreon, patreon.com slash those happy places. Now, Alice, I am going to add some music to this episode. Oh, and where would that music have come from, buddy? Well, the theme song of Eyes of Mara is called There Will Come a Time. Uh, it comes to us from uh, music creator Halizna CC0. We use that music under a Creative Commons Zero license, which means it's actually public domain. So, Atlas, this song belongs to all of us, and I think it's a pretty cool song. It is a really cool song. 
The rest of the music in this show comes to us from Kevin McLeod. His website is incompetech.com. All of the licensing information can be found for each of the tracks used in the show notes. And speaking of music, there is one more track that I think we need to talk about. Oh, it's ramping up in the background. I think I hear it. It's Golden Gate by the California Feet Warmers featuring Phil Alvin? It sure is. You can find this track and many more tracks by the Feet Warmers on their website, thecaliforniafeetwarmers.com. Alice, this has been a joy so far. Next week, we wrap this whole thing up in a bow and we find out what this ride means today and what it will mean in the future. I cannot wait to really dive into some, like, critical structural analysis of Indiana Jones and the Temple of the Forbidden Eye and I can't wait to take you on that journey with me. Yes, I'm I'm so excited. This is going to be so much fun. This has been a great mini series. Uh one of one of our best, I think. <laughs> and uh it's a pleasure to do it with you, my best friend. And to everyone out there, I say I wrote it in my diary so I didn't have to remember. <laughs> <laughs>